dope stands for discussing other people's excellence. There's nothing excellent about what is going on in America right now. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. I'm ill. So we're back and quite literally better than ever. The dope blog, we shouldn't have left you without a dope blog to step two. But in the last three months, the world has been pretty crazy. Three, four months, the world's been pretty crazy. Both uh, me, Charles Day, and my partner in crime over here. Brock Carroll, the unforgettable one. Breezes Price. Oh yes. my God. We both have uh, took place in the protests, covered the protests, the worldwide global protests, the Black Lives Matter protests at this point. I don't think, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've been living under a rock. And can I say something? Because I was joking around before. Obviously, when we're, as of recording this, um, the decision to not indict two out of the all three officers that killed Brown and Taylor happened, I believe, yesterday or two days ago. Something like that. Um, and the one that did get indicted got indicted for shooting the wall, not yep. even for, for shooting her. So on a serious note, as a country, we need to decide who we want to be. Because at this point, it's ridiculous, it's disrespectful, it's disingenuous, it's just wrong. We cannot say we're the greatest country in the world, but at the same time, have a country full of people who feel as if their life literally does not matter in the eyes of the law. For you to be able to sleep, be sleeping in your own house, get shot and killed while you are sleeping for something you had nothing to do with. For the cops to try to get your ex-boyfriend to testify against you to cover their behinds. For there to even be laws that basically allow something like this to happen. And then for nobody to get uh, indicted or charged for it, basically, is wrong. 99% of officers that shoot and kill African Americans get off. 99%. We have plenty of systemic problems in this country right now. And a lot of our lacking of recording, especially in the beginning, had a lot to do with that. It's hard to... Me talking personally, I'll take 100% uh, percent responsibility for the dope blog, not putting some pods out over the last three months, but it's hard to smile and entertain while the world is burning. And if you take anything away from us, even if you don't like us no more because we're saying this, at least you know we're going to keep it real and we're going to do what we need to do for us and our families and the people, just what we think is right. We're not doing anything that we don't want to do at the end of the day. And this pod will be about all the fun stuff, but it would be disingenuous to anybody listening to us or supporting us to think that we have not been going through it with y'all the last couple of months. And it's funny, dope blog stands for dis or dope stands for discussing other people's excellence. There's nothing excellent about what is going on in America right now. No, we have a president who is saying make America great again. But we asked the question for minorities in this country, when has it ever been great? Because this has been a problem since the beginning of America's history. 
and the, and it's it's sad because at the end of the day we're all people just like everybody else we work just like you guys do we get up we have dreams we have hopes we have fears we have everything else that everybody else does but yet we're only good in the eyes of society to do this to entertain and i for one as much as we love i mean we do this for fun we don't make any money off of this we're doing this for fun we we love to talk sports and entertainment we love to hear what you guys have to say but i for one don't feel it necessary to do this when i'm not saying the people that listen to this or that, are, that have been our faithful listeners feel this way but when the country as a whole feels as if our lives don't matter and that you know what we're only as good as as long as we're putting out podcasts i don't i don't i don't as you can I, tell yeah. we've both been going through it too but like we said, how are we better than ever if the world's been on fire this whole time? Because we're back. We're on iTunes and Spotify. We are getting the domain nice and clean. We got plenty of things up in the works. And if the world's going to be on fire, we're not going to just sit here and you know watch it burn and not say nothing. We just haven't been recording what we've been saying. But like I said, we're here now. Thank you. And this is... The new and improved dope block. Doper than my last one. I roll up to the cash come. I'm on my cool shit, new bitch. Doper than my last one. Doper than my last one. I got loud and by the bag more potent than the last one. I'm in the latest fashion. I've been cold, but my new flow. Doper than my last one. Doper than my last one. Doper than my last one. And with that, I must say. We missed y'all. I hope you missed us too. But if there's one thing you did not do, you didn't forbred us. Because I am the unforbreadable one himself, Mr. Brett freaking Carroll. You don't got to slot the table. You're already redlining. <laughs> and Charles is always daydreaming. I am. And this is the dope blog. And this more specifically is Nets Propaganda. And oh my lord. Lord, hold on. Before we have a lot of propaganda to talk about. We're the dope blog now because on our on our pod feeds, you know, they're just going to be getting all of it. Yeah. So, just to let everyone know, as I uploaded the podcast that were once on SoundCloud, now they're obviously on iTunes, Spotify, and I fucked up on the order. So that's my bad. And I just put up the the dope radios, you know, talking about hip hop, and so a lot of our. Uh, Nets propaganda and bullshit network got lost in the cloud because of bullshit from SoundCloud. But I will be re-uploading accordingly as it's you know more appropriate or topic you know topical as we go on because we had a shit ton of content and that is hella annoying. But like Brett said, this part is Nets propaganda. Yes. And last time we talked to you, it was a while ago. It was a COVID world, I believe. It still is, unfortunately. It still is. Um, the Nets got one and done because our summer league team was running in the playoffs. I mean, we had a lot of injuries. I don't had, even think we... I, that's what I'm saying. I think it's been that long. I don't think we... I think we didn't even go to the bubble yet. We didn't go to the bubble yet. Yeah. So, so we. that's what I'm saying. We got to talk about what happened in the bubble. We got to talk about the new coach. Well, these people... We got to talk about next year. Our listeners know what happened in the bubble. So we don't got to harp on the bubble. And also, it feels weird for me and you even talking about it because we knew that wasn't the team we were talking about six, seven, eight months ago mm-hmm. to you know to get to the playoffs. 
So now, as we sit here in September 2020, the NBA uh, Conference Finals are currently going on as of this recording. The Nets are firmly done with this season. And like you just alluded to, we have a new coach. And we've started off... You, you, might, know, you might not have heard of him, though, because he wasn't a candidate at first. He kind of, we were kind of in the shadow. So you, you might not have heard of this let, guy. Let, let me just get my heel turn out early. If you haven't heard of this guy... Number one, thank you for us being your only source of basketball information. I appreciate that, and we're here to enlighten you. He's one of the greatest point guards. And, and, and Charles period. obviously doesn't pick up on sarcasm. I Listen, <laughs> I've never heard of that word, and I don't care to learn it. So anyway, sorry. If you haven't heard of him, uh, the guy by the name of Steve Nash uh, got hired as our head coach. Uh, Steve Nash, as Charles pointed out, is Hall of Fame point guard. Mostly for the Dallas Mavericks and the Phoenix Suns. Did he play anywhere? He did play for the Lakers. Wow, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, most mostly Dallas and Phoenix. That's honestly my head immediately goes Phoenix. I know he's uh, Mavs first, but like I, you, yeah, I remember, I mean, he, he's mostly known for winning two MVPs on on the D'Antoni seven seconds or less Phoenix Sun teams with Sean Marion and uh, Amari Stoudemire and Rajah Bell and. Countless others. Joe Jesus was on that team too. Oh yeah, Johnson. he was. Joe Johnson. He got paid by the Hawks from his performance on those teams. Absolutely. So interesting hire, surprise hire, even to me. I, I was very surprised. Somewhat of a controversial hire, but I think we both are okay with the hire. Correct? I, I don't want to speak for you. Oh no, we're we're both from a basketball point. We are both okay with it. After starting off the podcast, being proud and saying Black Lives Matter, we would be. Uh, a little oblivious to our own selves if we didn't address how Stephen A. said the whole white privilege thing just for complete transparency. If me and Brett get into this, this is probably the fourth or fifth time in our life just because we have talked about this. Uh, we disagree on the nuances of it, but we both know how a podcast is. And overall, I get and agree with in other situations what him and Stephen A. have said about the white privilege of it all. I just disagree because very specifically, it's Steve Nash. And as a Nets fan, Jason Kidd got hired with no credentials. So, like, I'm, I'm not arguing the principle of the argument. I just, this doesn't feel like the right hire. And before today, actually, and not recorded, Brett had a good point. I would be saying the same thing if this was a Kenny Atkinson that got hired for this team. I just feel differently because it is a legend of a point guard and a basketball savant. But I, like you said, we both are okay with the hire in a you know in the vacuum of who it is. Yeah, and my my only thing is I I did think it was an example of white privilege. But like I said, I don't care because you made a good point of you know Kevin Durant and or Kyrie Irving had to have signed off on this, and if they signed off on it, and if they're happy with it, I'm happy with it, and and I know for a fact uh, they're happy with it. So I don't care. In this particular case, but I am acknowledging that it is a form of white privilege. With that being said, I do think Steve Nash will be a good head coach. I do think it was a good hire. I do think he will help the locker room. I do think he's a guy that the players respect enough to listen to, which is really in the NBA all you need. It's not, you know, me and my cousin actually got into this. And I agreed with him. In basketball, it's not necessarily as much as the X's and O's, as much as, you know, are your players going to listen to you, really, and vice versa. Um, X's, as, as we're seeing in these playoffs, once you get to the playoffs, X's and O's are going to count. And so 
we'll see how well he is at diagramming plays just because and a lot of people don't realize just because you were kind of quote unquote the coach on the floor as a player doesn't mean you're going to be a coach as a coach so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see what happens if they're in a tight game and it's a pivotal game five and he needs to draw up a great out of bounds play to get them an easy bucket we'll see if that works we'll see if in the playoff series somebody's making adjustments can he make adjustments to either stop something that they're doing or do something that they can't stop. We'll see. We don't know. But I do trust his basketball IQ enough. And I do trust that he didn't take this job just to take this job. I trust him enough to say he's going to take this job very seriously. And I also trust that they're going to put people around him to help him. I think our supporting his supporting cast in terms of his assistant coaches will be top-notch. And I do think that he'll be very successful. Um, and then, you know, and going with that to Stephen A's point, that's why uh, some people are upset about this because in a regular season, he's going to look like a genius. No matter what, this team, if healthy, is going to win 55-plus games. You, know, you can't tell. Lord willing, man. If like, healthy is a big if. I mean, if healthy is a big if. But if healthy, this team is going to win 55-plus games. The question is going to come in the playoffs. Um, and we, like I said, speaking of Jason Kidd, we saw that with Jason Kidd, that that Nets team was pretty good. But when they really needed to make some adjustments down the stretch against the Heat, Jason Kidd had no answers. For no, them. when ISO Joe, ISO Joe, ISO Joe, which as we well, know, actually, Nets fans, anybody. Well, I, well, actually, that was working. I got mad that he took the ball out of Joe Johnson's hands and gave it to Darren Williams when Joe Johnson was cooking Braun for like three possessions in a row. So uh, that low-key, one of my favorite performances uh, as a Nets fan was Joe Johnson, that run. Because you could tell he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Sidebar about this year. I just need to say that doesn't get a lot of shine because of the trade and the subsequent fall off of the Nets. But Joe Johnson was balling out. And a lot of people give him a lot of shit about underperforming that contract. Pretty much his entire contract making 20 mil a year. He was on a playoff team. The only time he wasn't was the last year with the Nets when they bought him out or whatever uh, yeah. you know mm-hmm. provision that was. And... If we can even get to there next year, I don't see how it's looked upon even as a failure. I mean, like the next round, because we've been in the first round these two years. If we get farther with the Nets next year, and they're all healthy, that's technically the first year. I want a ring because of the talent we have on the roster, no doubt. But it's just a weird area to be in, because I'm agreeing with I agree with. Well, see, it, here's the problem with that. In a perfect world, you're right. This isn't a perfect world. There's too much money involved. There's two. There's players in the prime of their careers involved. This will be year two of a four-year contract. This is a brand new head coach. This team has to at least get to the conference finals. And I think, in most people's opinion, for them to say, "Okay, let's give this another year and tweak something," if they don't make it out the second round, especially if they have like a top two seed and they don't make it out the second round, I think Nash does get fired. You think I, Nash gets fired in the first season if they don't make it out the second round? Yes. Hmm. Yes. I definitely do because again, he's because he's gonna get the regular season wins. If they if they if they don't perform well in the playoffs and they under, especially if they lose only five or six, if they you know what I mean if it's not even close, that's such a terrible scenario. I don't even feel like I don't have the emotional, you know. Well, but I'm saying we just saw this with Milwaukee, so you know what I mean. So it's not like we haven't seen this before. That and again. There's pressure. There's definitely pressure, especially with an unproven head coach. Again, you're, he's going to get the regular season wins. It's a matter of how does he look in the playoffs. 
if he looks like he's being out coached by Spolstra or Brad Stevens or uh, Nick Nurse in the second round of the playoffs, they're going to have to look at that and say, whoa, whoa, man, I don't know if we can trust in you to take us over the top. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not saying, I'm, I'll put it this way, I'm not going to guarantee you he'll get fired, but I, I would not be the least bit surprised if this team doesn't make it to the least of conference finals if he doesn't survive. And before we get to next year, I think we should just touch on a little bit of what this playoff run was. And I want to be positive because I called them the summer league team before. And what I mean by that is the amount of injuries out there and legitimately look like Karras and Jared Allen and Joe Harris. That was our summer league team two years ago. Like, I was, that does, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean that in a literal, this was what the team we were pretty much watching a couple of years ago in summer league was. And I liked certain performances from Karras LeVert. I did think Jared Allen played some of the best ball of his career. It uh, just came at a very opportune time, you know, during the bubble, some of the first sports back in the country. So the fro got some shine. Uh, but that's pretty much it when it comes to my memory off the top of my head. And the reason I didn't look up these T- stats. Well, TLC played really well, actually. I was really impressed by what I saw from TLC. Well, we, we should keep them. Uh, like I, you said before, we're going to bring back a couple of players that I'm kind of shocked because of their ages. Um, I'm just, I'd rather see Cabarro come back. I like, uh, I liked all of his performances. I think that he's one of the better pickups we got. I think TLC will be back. Good, because we need a four like him. Even though he's with two that just grew up, you know, into a four. Um, but, you know, those the, the shining spots were there. It, it kind of felt so deflating because that we know that's not our team. Even if um, Kyrie and KD were hurt before the, uh, the you know, the, the plague hit. The team we had that would have went in the playoffs would have still been more competitive than what was actually in the playoffs. Um, that that is because of DeAndre Jordan. That is because of Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, they're they mean a lot to well, us. Here's the thing. To me, the bubble was a success because, to be honest with you, I did not want uh, Karis playing in the bubble because I didn't want him to get hurt. But I think him being down there and being like the quote unquote guy. And him playing as well as he played and getting his confidence up, I think was a good thing. So now next year, because again, everybody keeps talking about this third star, this third star. I think Karras could be our third star. And I think his performance in the bubble helps with that. Helps the team believe in that. Helps him believe in that. Whether he's going to start or come off the bench, I don't know. It depends on who they get in the offseason and how they want to conform this roster together. I still would love to see him and Spencer coming off the bench so we have a quality backcourt full of starters, full of basically almost all-star caliber guards coming off the bench because I think that's how you win a championship. Uh, but who knows? If, if they really – if if Karras insists on starting, you can't deny him that after how he's played. So it, we'll it, see. It sucks we got to see Kyrie so little in a Nets jersey. I'm still waiting just to see KD in one. And – this isn't on some prediction, you know, shit. This isn't on some cynical shit. This is just, as a fan, I just can't wait. I just want it to happen. There, there's no way I can actually articulate how big of an X factor that is because he's one of the greatest players to ever lace it up. So people completely disregarding that he's never going to come back again. The fact that people completely disregarded the Nets team already. Either you think the Nets are going to be a contender or you think, it's the trade all over again. I don't. I don't really meet people that are in the middle about this, and I think that a lot of that is 
from Celtics fans and people that don't necessarily hate the Celtics. Like, if you hate the Lakers more, you side with these Celtics fans on your viewpoints about certain Nets players. And then if you're this new generation that were Warriors fans, you, you don't like the Nets because of KD. So there's all these mixtures of these front-running slash bandwagon fans mixed in with the built-in rivalries of Sixers fans and Celtics fans. Like there's a lot of fucking hate. The jealousy from the Knicks fans aren't isn't even really there because there was a lot of hate in the beginning. But overall, they want to see good basketball too. We have the same channels. There's part of the Knicks fans that are like, I still want to see Kevin Durant ball. No, not only that, it's, they got to a point where they realized we can't talk trash at all because our team is horrible. Uh, so... Yeah, and we both, I swear to God, I, I hope they get somebody because I want to see a better product in the garden too. But we'll see what, what, what do you think, man? We're sitting here. This is such a weird time to be a sports fan as everybody listening to this knows. It's even weirder right now as a Nets fan because we were waiting for next season anyway. Here we are, and we don't even know when next season's going to be. So the prediction of these, this Nets propaganda is a little off because, like yeah, you we'll, listening, and yeah, we'll, we'll and we'll do that pod when, at a more appropriate time. But you know, I I just think it's uh like I said, I'm I think the bubble is success because like you said, Jared Allen played really well, Karis played really well, some key guys for next year played well, and so for me it was a success because that got their confidence up. I think, like I said, I think the team's confidence in them went up, and. This, like I said, this team is literally a piece away from being dominant. I, and I really believe that. So who do you think that piece is? Because the rumor mill at this time of recording, everybody, is Giannis ain't sticking around in Milwaukee. And I, and I can just say off jump, I don't, you know, don't even imagine it unless you want to play 2K, that uh, Giannis coming to Brooklyn. Um, and then there's rumors right now about where Chris Paul's going to land. I personally think the Knicks are in play for that. They have the space. Well, they again, can use I, it. I've, I've, I've preached over and over again. We don't have to make any type of trades. Get whoever you can get as a free agent. We need a starting power forward. And you do that and maybe even a, a starting, a solid starting two guard. Like I said, so Karras and Spencer can come, come off your bench. That is a championship team. And I think a lot of people are forgetting just how good Kevin Durant is. We did that pod earlier, and I said, yo, just plug in Kevin Durant's points in all these games. Uh, those are wins. Um, so, oh, my God. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. If, this is the longest year ever. And, and remember, we did that pod, and I said, even if he's only like 80% of what he is, plug his averages into these, win- to these games. And we were like, well, at the time, like, what, 25 and 2 or something like that? Um, instead of what our. What it's a, been 12 years. <laughs> instead of whatever our record was. So for me, again, it's just as simple as you're going to get Kevin Durant. That's a huge piece. All you need is some quality, a quality 2 and a quality 4, and you're good. I think Nick Claston will be the backup for next year. Uh, I think if anybody's going to, it might be Torian Prince, only because I don't know where he fits in the rotation at this point with all these guys coming back. But I think Nick Claxton will be the, the backup two. I mean, the backup four. Um, we have a plethora of guards already, but if you can get a quality starter that that's a little bit better than Garrett Temple, that's even better. Um, and you just need a four. Now, like again, we've said this before. Willie Baca take less money to come here. We have that mid-level exemption, but that's only like $8.5 million. I don't know if he'll take that. And it's been a minute. We haven't addressed any internet hate we randomly get for two guys that make zero money off the podcast we do. 
Um, some of the hate you got when you made the suggestion about if Blake Griffin gets bought out, how he would fit on this team. Oh, yeah. I just don't understand that hate. You completely explained in this scenario, he would have to get bought out, but he would be the perfect guy we would need. Right, we would which, which I well, expected. I'm, I'm sorry, because semantics. They got mad that I said we would get him for nothing. And of course, we'd have to pay him, but we'd be paying him a vet minimum, which is more than nothing. Because in your scenario, he was still making the money from his salary to take said minimum. Right. Okay. I thought everyone was going to hate on you because, okay, if we just make up every perfect scenario for our team, that's the criticism I expected from that. No, no, no. The little criticism I got. Was well, that's not for nothing. Then. Oh my god! It's and I'm like, like, oh, I'm so sorry that paying a vet minimum, which is the equivalent of nothing, because you literally cannot have a pop person on your roster for zero money. That's impossible. There's nobody on any NBA roster who's not getting paid something. Uh, I'm so sorry that the vet minimum, which is literally the lowest you can do, is not considered nothing to you. But that that was the criticism. I forgot all about that actually. I I, I remembered the second you said that because I that's what annoyed me the most about that whole conversation is that we had this conversation about how really the ways just avenues the Nets could take to improve the power forward position, which is something I just feel like me and you say every couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's all you know. Some of our fellow Nets fans took out of it. I was shocked because I was ready for the criticism of. No shit, Sherlock. If the perfect scenario comes up, we're going to take it. Like, not, that's not, not, you know, it's like, so you didn't listen to the, but anyway, sorry. That's a little rant. It's been a while. I'm having fun. I, I, I missed, I missed my Brett. I missed my blog. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me, I'm working. Don't work it. Could have been worse. Could have brought up your hatred for Drake. And now it's dope rate. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. It's funny because I did want to talk about my hatred for Drake, though. And for people, for, forgive us. This is our first time recording in Moscow. We happy. Um, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. And they brought up WAP and why they hate the song. Da 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 da. Say it clearer, just to get for, just, yeah. They, they why they hated the song WAP. You know, Meg, Meg the Stallion, Cardi B. Da 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 da. Worship and praise for 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 people that don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I took and I was saying I don't care about the song because sex and hip hop is like you know where you been? Yeah, like. That, that doesn't bother me. And if we're going to be realistic, half these male artists wouldn't have a career if half their lyrics weren't about sex and what they can do with their you-know-whats and everything else. So let's not be sexist and act like women can't and, have careers without talking about sex when men... And Madonna was 30 years ago, guys. Yeah. Like, so, like, like I just on a pop level. I mean, honestly, even sex, like, yeah, sex and music have gone together since the beginning of time. Yeah, but I'm saying female um, songs like Wet Ass Pussy, I'm sorry, do you guys know who Madonna is or Little Kim? Yeah, like so so I don't mind that. My issue my only issue with the song is not about the song in general, but about the music industry in general, which is all these songs now are basically just for to create trends and create slang and create Instagram uh captions. Yeah. Cause my issue is now every woman 
Oh, everywhere you go. That's what, the, oh, well, you know, I got the wop. I got the wop. And I'm like, bro, shut up, please. Half of y'all, y'all can't have a wop if if y'all still struggling to find a man. Some of y'all, I've heard about you guys. So the the W in your wop better stand for whack and that wet. Because I've heard that y'all shit ain't that good. So for me, that's my only issue. Boo, 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 boo. I'm sorry, I was going to add the shooter. <laughs> yeah, like, so, so for me, that's my only issue with the song. Um, because it's just this trend of that's what we do now. Like it's just cr- which isn't even new. Because if you remember back, it, it, it hasn't ringtones, yo. Yeah, it's remember not, when songs were no, no, made and that's to be what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. It's it's not. It's always been a part of music and hip hop in general. But I feel like now more than ever, that's where the music has gone. And I think who led that pioneer was Drake. I think. Oh come on. No, hold on. Hold on. When I think when Yolo came out and we saw what a what a cultural phenomenon that was. I feel like the vast majority of his music now is that. It's trying to find, all right, what's the latest trend? What's the latest Instagram thing? What's the latest lyric that everybody's going to quote? Da, 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 da. And again, Drake, you got the formula, bro. Use it. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, who, who am I to tell Drake to not make music like that? But when people ask me why don't I listen to Drake, that's why. Because like, I just feel like most of his music is literally just catered to that because I hate that. But you literally don't listen to it because most of his albums aren't like that. The biggest criticism, I think, is a valid criticism of him as an artist. This is what we do at the Dope Blog. We just we can talk about football, Nets, and Drake all in one pod. Yeah, welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> We're back. But the, I think his biggest criticism is the accusations that he's a culture vulture more so than even the ghostwriting. I think the ghostwriting's bullshit. I think at the, if you want to say that he sounds like people he messes with, I think that's a valid criticism, but at the same time, that's how you stay making music for so long. No, but again, it's all part... And you're right, it's all part of it. Like I said, he's got the formula. And Drake, if you're listening, well, it's, by the way, thanks, but if you're listening, keep doing it. Like If that's what's working for you, that's what's working for you. It's like I said, for me, that's just why I don't listen. And why this is so fresh in his head, because this is how we operate with our arguments. The reason also Drake popped in your head is because I sent you those videos of uh, Trap Lore Ross on YouTube. Good YouTube channel for hip-hop heads. I don't mind shouting that dude out, because I've watched like a bunch of those videos already. But it was about Drake and Kanye's beef. Yeah. And did you Not realize yet. that... Uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later is all like a subliminal diss to him? Yeah, I, I don't care. You don't care? This is why. I don't care about anything Drake related. Oh my God, man. Sorry. You brought him up. No, but I'm just... Technically, you did. I just hate that trend. Like, everybody... For me, it's about originality. Because, you, like I said, you go on Instagram... So, for instance... Uh, what I guess it was last year now? Wow, time is flying. Somebody... I saw somebody put... um. A caption took the DNA test. I'm 100 that bitch, right? And as a friend, I said, "Oh, okay, that was tough. Yeah, go ahead, Queen." Did it. I didn't realize it was a song because I didn't hear it. Next thing I know, like everybody's putting that as their caption. I was like, "Okay, so this is obviously a song." Okay, and then I heard the Lizzo song. I was like, "Oh, that happens all the time." Though, no, man. but no, no, no. I'm not even complaining. I'm not disagreeing. I'm. It's just I'm so like over it because I got used to it like over a decade ago. Like even with your cabin, that's that's relatively new. Yeah, like like just... like like all this slang that you're complaining about, I am with you. It's one of those things where I it, I completely like tune it out. It's all white noise no, no, to and, me. And, and again, my thing is, this is coming from somebody who quotes J Cole all the time. I even that's one of my hashtags. There's a J Cole quote for everything. But when I quote J Cole, it's usually because there's a lyric that literally resonates with me because of a certain thing. Not that it's a trend. 
Yeah, not that it's a trend. And there's a couple quotes that I'm waiting to post on Instagram, but that's because they represent milestones that I've also been working towards. And there's a lyric that represents how I'm going to feel when those milestones happen. There's beauty in the struggle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Stuff like that. So that's what, what, so again, I'm I'm not saying you can never use music quotes as your captions, but I feel like when everybody's doing, there's no originality anymore. There's no creativity anymore. It's like, is this your Instagram or is this their Instagram? Because that's all you're doing is posting musical quotes. And I get it. We're writers. It's easier for us. I know everybody's not doing that. But like I said, it just sucks. You call me like the old head hip-hop head, which I get why. Let me be clear. Because to regular hip-hop heads, that's just a classification I'm going to get. But I listen to these newer artists that sound older. And I just feel bad because it sounds like they're born in the wrong generation. Mm-hmm. Like Joey Badass and the Beast Coast, who I'm huge mm-hmm. fans of. Mm-hmm. But to your point, one reason why I like all the Griselda dudes. Shout out to Conway the Machine, whose new album is Fire. And Westside Guns, all the music he's put out this year. Griselda is signed to Shady from Buffalo and sounds like that, like the like Mob Deep production with the lock spitting over it, and or it mixed with the Wu Tang. They're fire and they're brand new. I just think it's funny because like we were saying before we started recording, what is popular now? Because you were you were talking about Tory Lanez, and I just brought up how he had a beef with Jordan Lucas, and Tory Lanez fans thought that no one listened to Jordan Lucas. But if you look at Jordan Lucas and his social media presence on YouTube, where music is listened to plenty now, he's got like thirty million views. Mm-hmm. How is that not just as popping, if not more popping than whatever the hell Tory Lanez is doing? Mm-hmm. And and I think it's cool because now in a sense we have different metrics to measure this shit because the same people that are like you just said that are doing these Instagram trends, getting their Instagrams popping, they drop and they move 5,000 units equivalent, which means you're getting streams like only 5,000 people bought your shit, mm-hmm. which is in this day and age, terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, cause like, listen, me and me and Brett don't think we're the biggest social media guys at anything, but I can tell you that if we put if we had 20 million followers and we put a bunch of hype onto something, we're going to get a little bit more than 5,000 views the first day. So, I, I am with you. I am the hip-hop guy out of the two of us. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, everything you said, you're preaching to the choir. I just think it's funny because, like, if anything, with Drake and YOLO, that's not him being the... Uh, it's kind of like how LeBron gets uh, blamed for super teams. He wasn't the first one to do it. You know what I mean? Like, what, like just no, no, and, I, and I know he wasn't the first. Like I said, it's, that's been... I think Drake capitalized on it the most in this generation, and it capitalized it on the point where I think a lot of art, a lot of other artists said, "Wait a minute, okay, that's how you stay relevant. That's how you stay hot. That's how you do it nowadays." Um, and again, like I said, there's no hate, Drake. Do what you gotta do. You're making, oh yeah, you're not hate. You're, 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 you're making a, a crap ton of money on it. Who in the hell am I to tell you to? No, nah, man, you need to be more Laugh authentic. Laughing cry later is a Nike commercial too. It is. I'm not. I'm not. That video was cool. But you, but it, it was shot in like 4K. Uh, yo, like I know, but when you just, just just he went from wheelchair Jimmy, and I just want to be successful again. Nothing to, but respect for the man. Nothing but respect. No, I just for feel man. old at this point because it's because it's like. Yeah, Drake, well, you've seen we've seen the meme that people are like, "Wait, you don't know Drake was an actor?" Like we've seen the meme was like where we got into that point in time. It was like, oh, "Look at Drake trying to act, trying." <laughs> oh, you don't know. Oh, my mentality. <laughs> oh, you don't know. Okay, sit down, baby. <laughs> Dude, let me let me put on the tape recorder. And where the hell is J Cole? Is that I'm about to drop? Don't worry about I mean, it. I've been hearing that for two days. Wait on, on, baby. Where the hell's Kendrick at? That's the question. 
But and I don't know. You know, Top Dog told me he might not drop, and I'm sad because y'all y'all dissed him for no reason, and now we not might, might not get no Kendrick album. Man. Screw you guys. J Cole, I, I'm pretty sure he's gonna drop it in November because he's been like advertising it like it's an election type thing. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna get it in November. We better, man. I man, like as far as hip hop goes, this has been a fine year. I've yeah, as shitty as 2020 has been music wise, it's been it's been alright. Nas's Hit Boy album is fucking fire. Oh my god, like Conway, you ain't listening to no music. Mm-hmm. You ain't listening to no new music this year. No, I've been listening to a lot of new music. Like, doing a pot here, buddy. I, I'm just, right. I'm just trying to figure. I'm just trying to remember what's like the last stuff I've been listening to. I mean, I've obviously listened to J Cole's two songs. I've obviously Public Enemy came out with an album today. Everybody go get that. Uh, that's awesome. Big Sean, Detroit Two. Detroit Two has been fire. Hold on, yes, I do. Run the Ju- Run the Jewels Four was fire. I do want to talk about that. This is the Big Sean. So I've been a Big Sean fan since I want to say 2009. Yeah, okay, definitely 2010, maybe even 2009. When I first heard Big Sean, this is the Big Sean I thought I was going to get. So, this has made me really happy. And I'm not saying he hasn't had great projects before, because Detroit 1 was great, and uh, Dark Whatever Paradise was great. Um, but when I heard, you know, ass, 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 ass. And I didn't like his first album, so yeah, once again, his first album, player. His first album was actually, like, really catchy, but it was, like, a bunch of, like, the songs you were just complaining about. Like, silly hits. And it's like, okay, after two weeks, like, that album kind of got played Marvin out. Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay. Yeah, it kind of got played out type of thing. But this is the big Sean that when I listened to however long ago, I was like, yo, this guy has this type of potential. From Detroit and the album you were just referencing with Blessings on it, and One Man Can Change the World to now. Yeah. His albums have been great. Have been great. He's have been great. And I remember, because I remember I heard him on an XV mixtape. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Um, so like, have X- you expressed on the pod? That's like your low key one of your favorite rappers. Oh, I love XV. Love <laughs> like, XV. Like, that's so rare. Like, all my Squareians out there, what up, man? All the shit you gave me for Joe Budden, liking his mixtapes in high school, coming up with the mood music, and then you come but out. I also didn't say XV was great, like top five all time. That's because he don't have no damn anything like Joe Budden. I know because he should have dropped an album after Zero Heroes, and he didn't. And I'm so upset because Zero Heroes is amazing. Anyway, we're not talking about XV. Apparently, we are because this is just what we're doing today. You would think we're really high. We're really not. But <laughs> Detroit 2 was really good. This like, is what happens when you don't record for three months. You yeah. Got, you got a lot of stuff in your mind. And You're very, all pent up. Very, li- very little time to talk about it. Not much going on besides, you know. But Detroit 2 was amazing. Movie. It might be my favorite project from him. Really? It might be. What's your favorite track off it? I, that's what I'm saying. I love like damn near all of them. I mean, even the stories. Like, like I, I was, I've been walking a lot lately, and just listening to the Stevie Wonder story. You like the Stevie? I like the Chappelle one. The Chappelle one. Yeah, everyone, everyone. <laughs> but um, Erica Badu is that, just fine. Uh, in every in every version of Erica Badu, she's fine. Yeah, like, but that's even like even, I, I thought that was just a really, really, really good album. Um... The messaging in the album, I think, because I'm a, you know me, I'm a big message guy. Like, oh, it's all mental health and be emotionally yeah, like, happy. Like when when I listen to music, and again, I think that's why I like J Cole so much. Like when I listen to music, I need to feel something. I need to, I need to, I need you to stimulate my mind in different ways than just the beat. Because anybody can make a, a great beat, and that's great. But when you're saying stuff that like resonates, because again, those are quotes that I would put under my my Instagram. You know what I mean? It's like, so he just had a lot of stuff in there that's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Okay. Is that uh, where the Royce verse is? Oh, uh, yeah, off off the cipher track mm-hmm. at the end of uh, that was absolutely. Yo, fine. Royce has my favorite bar on that whole. Not no disrespect to Big Sean, it's just this one bar I really mm-hmm. like. What is it? Um, a wise man knows a blind man holds yep. grudges. A wise man knows a wise man knows nothing. Exactly, stuff like that, and that's what I'm like, yo. The thing he did with um, oh, I gotta look up the track list. But the thing he did, I think, is one of the songs he did with um, Janae. I think it's one of those, or one of the ones he's talking about, Janae, which is really, really awesome. Uh, you can just tell he matured. You know what I mean? You can just tell he grew up. You can just tell he has like a whole different outlook on life. And I love hearing that from artists, and people in general, because yo man, people don't understand. Deep reverence with Nipsey. Was yeah, one. yeah. Like, Lucky me, the beat switch in that is it, it, like Lucky yo, when he was fired. Yeah, when I, Big Sean, my favorite version of Big Sean is kind of like my the same as. Eminem's like, and the reason that's coming up is Detroit, like. But they both, when that beat drops, they they just go into a flow. They are like, oh, you're, you you want to go off? Cool. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Here, I really, really like. Um, uh, Guard your heart is one of my favorites. Guard your heart is really good. Um, Friday Night Cipher is low key. Such a great idea because I like how they had the clips beat like a real freestyle cipher would back in the day. You just banging on the table at lunch, showing my age there. But hey, uh, I like how Eminem just seems to be the OG of Detroit, and it's like you don't have to even know much about anybody on that song to know who's going last. No, nah, that's facts. <laughs> that's a fact. But I think it works so well because stylistically, Detroit, and, uh, Detroit, and Eminem. Big Sean and Eminem Hard, Harder Than My Demons No, oh, yeah that's a, that's a fire song too I think that's a single Yeah Harder Than My Demons That that song I have that on repeat Because again The message of the song You know what I mean I just Dude they're, the, the Detroit dudes Are good at that Yeah Like, it's, like Sean Royce yeah, yeah Shady Like those guys are When it comes to their emotions And expressing like You know you should get healthy upstairs Right It's kind of funny Like Which is saying a lot about that city That the three biggest names are all Like kind of like that But That's definitely up there for me Like I said the Nas Is up there for me Because the Hip Boy production And Nas actually cared this time Unlike with his Jesus Release uh, Where it was seven tracks And he just sounded bored Now I know it was rushed Um, You know Hindsight's 2020 You shouldn't have rushed it Especially with the production you had but if I had a favorite this year, it's definitely Run the Jewels for that drop. Yeah, you, that, you, you've been talking about that all yo, year. Yo, that dropped yeah, yeah. in the middle of June, I believe in the middle of June, right at the height of the protests. And it's one of the most socially conscious albums, period, let alone in that moment in time. Yeah. And not to mention, if you like hip hop, the production is fire. Mm-hmm. The lyrics are fire. The flows are fire. The single Ooh La La features DJ Premier. Yeah. The other single features 2 Chains. Yeah. And it's once again socially conscious. Like as far as some of the bars that have came off of that, it, they were making the news that week. Uh, Just with Pharrell and Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. That song is one of my favorite songs of the entire year. Look at all these slave masters posing on your dollar. Like that. That's the type of type of shit that you like for the mental health healthiness aspect. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's still artists that want to call out all this bullshit yeah. in the middle while everything's on fire. And, and that's what I love, man. That's it's been good. It's been good. So, uh, like I said, music has been good. What hasn't been good is movies. Unfortunately, I am a movie lover, and I I saw Tenant though. Tenant was amazing. 
Was it? Christopher Nolan does, did it again. It's so funny. So it was, it was literally me and two other people in the entire theater. Which is the only reason why I went. Because there was nobody there. And I was like, alright, I'm going to go. And we went out. And the two and they left before I did. Because I was like waiting for the credits. And I'm like, wait, this isn't a Marvel movie. <laughs> like, let me let me just go. And as I came out, I think they, uh, they came out the bathroom or whatever. And they're like, yo, uh, were you just as confused as I was? And I was like, yeah. And we just laughed like, no one just did it again. Like, it's such a good movie. Isn't it? It's time travel or some shit, ain't it? Yeah, basically. It's, it's... I only know that because, like, you, thank you fucking YouTube for just going, the, explaining the time travel in Tenet, like, three months ago. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, I didn't even know it was time travel, you assholes. Like, right. So, so but, uh, uh, yeah, it's good. It's really good. It's, um... You know, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. If you like the Batman, uh, if you like the Dark Knight trilogy, if you like Inception, if you like anything that Chris Nolan does, you're gonna like this movie. Uh, John David Washington was great. Um, it felt, I'm not gonna lie, it felt great to go to the movies again. It felt amazing. I love going to the movies. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's one of the things I do, like especially like when I'm just like if I'm bored, if I'm stressed out, if I'm pissed off. Yeah, I'm gonna go see a movie. Like two hours. Eating popcorn, drinking something, watching something good on, on the screen. I'm like in such a better mood afterwards, no matter what's going on. Um, it was good. It was good. So I'm hoping that COVID would freaking go away because Marvel pushed Understatement back. Understatement of the year there. <laughs> you know, Marvel pushed back Black Widow till May. So we're not getting a superhero movie till May of next oh, year. Oh, and we don't have Wonder Woman 84 either. Yeah, that got pushed back. So we're literally not getting superhero movies until next year. Which obviously, which is annoying, and we lost Black Panther. We haven't. We lost Chadwick Boseman. We lost Black Panther, Jackie Robinson, Clarence Thomas. So, so let me tell this story. I saw Chadwick Boseman the year Black Panther came out because it was the same year Uncle Drew came out, right? So we're at the MTV Movie Awards, and I see him. And he's, we're backstage because the show didn't start yet. And I wanted to go up and say something to him. But he kind of like was sitting there. He kind of had this look on his face like he finally got a minute to himself. So I didn't say anything. And I was going to go up to, and talk to him and just say, hey, man, like, I, I don't know if you noticed or not. But like, you know, what y'all did was like incredible. You know, the impact that you had on the world. I just want to thank you. And I'm kind of sad I didn't say anything to him. Because obviously I never saw him again, um, and if you know if you're up there now, you know just know we love you, we appreciate you. What you did was amazing. I, in terms of the business of movies, Hold on. I said Clarence Thomas because of recent arguments online. I meant Thurgood Marshall. Okay, yeah. Just want to clarify, like it's eating at me inside because <laughs> I was like, I, I, the second I said it, I'm like, that's not what I meant. Thurgood Marshall, right? What sucks? Uh, what really sucks to me is. He didn't get a chance to have the fruit of his labor in terms of if you know anything about how the movie industry works. One, you could tell he hated being Black Panther after a while because that, that shit just gets old, which is another reason why I didn't talk to him because I know that he was so sick and tired of doing this, of doing the arms cross and Wakanda forever and all this other stuff. Um, but you got to remember, he did uh, Winter Soldier. He did Civil War. I'm sorry. He did no, Civil no. He did Civil War, War Black Panther, right. Infinity War, Endgame. Right, right. He was Black Panther in four movies. Four movies, back to back to back to back to back. Which is why Black Panther Two was pushed back so much because they wanted to give him a break. Well, unfortunately, um, and so 
he, and Black Panther 2 was supposedly going to be his last one anyway. But because he was Black Panther, he was about to be able to do whatever movie he freaking wanted because that You didn't see the Five Bloods? No, no, yeah. Yeah, that that like that that movie But, but what I'm saying is in the movie industry like that role propelled him to now he is the A-list actor. Like you know what I mean he's one of the actors that you want in your movies. And even the movies that he did in between like 21 Bridges, The Five Bloods, stuff like that. I think those are like smaller movies that he can fit in in between all the Marvel stuff. But now he was going to be able to do whatever movie he wanted. He was about to be up. Um, he was about to play uh, the black, the first African American samurai. He's going to Yasuke. Play, yeah, I, no, I, I looked up that story and I found that that rumor years ago. Now, probably like two years ago, and Yasuke is now one of my like things I've thought about writing a whole book about. Um, so I, and I was soup for that. I remember in one of the nerd groups we're in on, on social media, I, I, I was talking about that the day he died. And then it was so sad because we were just nerding about, I hope they're really making this Yasuke movie. And then he's gone. Right. And, and it sucks because it sucks in one way that he was like the only black actor that Hollywood wanted for any black character. Right. But he was just like Denzel in the sense that like, you know, he's going to get other actors in these movies. Right. And, and that's, and like I said, that's what sucks is, he was going to be able to make any movie he wanted once Black Panther 2 was done. And so for me, it's like, damn, that sucks that he didn't really even get a chance to see the fruits of his labor in that way. I think he saw the fruits of his labor in terms of the impact that it had on the culture and on the world. But he didn't get, but on a business sense, I don't think he got a chance to see the fruits of his labor because once, like I said, once Black Panther 2 was done, and his contract was up, he was going to be able to make any movie he wanted, and no studio was going to turn him away. Did you see uh, his movie Message from the King? I didn't. I'm going to watch it. It's on Netflix. Yeah, no, I just watched it. It was on Netflix. I, I was like, looking forward in his filmography. It came out in 2016 because I legit had no idea where in his I life mean, shoot, even in The Five Bloods, the fact that he was in there for like all of 10 minutes, I was like, dang, that sucks. I wanted more Tragic Roseman. It, he was, yeah, probably combined. It probably was around 10, 15 minutes. That movie's so good, though. It feels it like, amazing. It feels like he's in the whole movie. Yeah, I the, mean, the, yeah. like the way they shot it, the way they they, they show Spike you. Spike Lee did a great job with that. That's one of his better movies. That's also one of those movies where I think the people that need the messaging aren't going to watch it because it's a Spike Lee joint. Mm-hmm. Because the way he touches on black Trump supporters, I think it's it. In one way, people are going to get mad because he's kind of the primary antagonist, but in this, in the other sense, it's a also a visual representation. Of like mentally where a lot of these older black boomer vets are at. Mm-hmm. Like my dad being one of them. He's not a, a Trump supporter in that sense. Like he's wearing a MAGA, a MAGA hat. But as far as that uber conservatism, a lot of people just assume African Americans don't have. Right. Which is insane, as you know, mm-hmm. to think that like, you know, they're like blacks aren't conservative. But I think he did awesome at showing what is it? There's like five or six main characters in that movie. Like all of them are a different person. Right. And a different financial setup in a different life setup and but they are all essentially a family and it is one of the best movies it just sucks because now you realize that's why he was so skinny in that movie yeah 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 because you just thought it was character you just thought he was a skinny dude out fighting in vietnam right and then even uh oh, i don't want to mess up the guy's name but one of the guys and he's about to be an ant-man three um oh yeah he's um hold on i'll pull and, it up right Love, now. from lovecraft country well, again, another good show. Um, but yeah, he's he's about to be... I forgot the name of the bad guy in Ant-Man 3, but they're they're basically going to use that to introduce the Fantastic Four. 
So that's so that's cool. That's awesome. But yeah, it's it's yeah, Jonathan Majors. That's him. Yeah, Jonathan Majors. Uh, so that's cool. And that's his name, John. Wow. Uh, he's going to be in Ant Man three. Yeah, he's going to be the bad guy in Ant Man three. Supposedly, he's going to be like the next big bad for the MCU. Yeah, and that's and that's again, that's how they're going to introduce the Fantastic Four. So it's it's again, and I don't know if he gets that role if Chadwick Boseman isn't Kang. It was, bugging, it was. I was yeah. gonna say the the teenage mutant Ninja turtles villain if I didn't look it up. Oh, Krang. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, I know that's not it. I know, and I'm. Um, gonna, I like, and I think the people listening to us would be more pissed about that than the Thurgood Marshall mess up. <laughs> so I was like, I need to see the name right. So that's that's what I'm saying. But and again, maybe they don't cast him as Chadwick Boseman doesn't kill Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? So his legacy is living on. We love you. I got a Black Panther uh, uh, plushie in my car. That protects me every time I drive. My next car, I'm going to name Black Panther because that's how much of a nerd I am. I name all my cars after superheroes. Uh, my four-year-old nephew, one of the, the things he remembers me and my wife giving him as a present is his Black Panther hoodie, which when it folds up turns into like a teddy bear Black Panther. Awesome. It's one of his favorite things so mm-hmm. he can keep it now because he's obviously grown out of it because mm-hmm. we gave it to him. He grew up in a world where Black Panther was just an Avenger. Exactly. There's that's no, awesome. And that's, and, that's, and, and, and that's all we want. And that's the saddest part because I remember arguing with people like the Ben Shapiro's of the world wanted to make it like, oh my God, this isn't the civil rights movement. No one's saying it's a civil rights movement. But finally, black kids have a superhero that's not a vigilante, that's mm-hmm. not a vampire, mm-hmm. that's not a hell spawn, that's mm-hmm. not a criminal, that's not a uh, science experiment gone wrong. It is literally a king. So he's supposed to be here. He is the Black Iron Man. He is, and and, and his blackness isn't the the most defining part of his character. He's just a superhero. He's just a superhero. And that's all. And again, same year, I go to Mexico for my birthday, and I see these kids playing what we know as King of the Mountain. And if anybody knows King of the Mountain, you know, whether you're in a pool or a lake. You try to, it's usually kid boys usually playing this. You try to throw somebody off the platform and you become the king of the mountain and then everybody has to try to get you. Last man standing wins. But they were playing it. And when they were playing it, they were saying, I'm now the Black Panther, Wakanda forever. And I thought that was so awesome because I'm like, that's why that matters. You know what I mean? For you to see yourself in any role. And I remember, I tell this story all the time. My dad asked me in kindergarten, hey, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said, you could be whatever you want to be, son. I said, anything? He's like, yeah. I said, fireman? Yeah. Police officer? Yeah. There was two things he said I couldn't be. He said I couldn't be Batman, and I couldn't be the president. So when Barack Obama got elected, it was the first time I ever seen my dad cry. And I asked him, I said, yo, dad, you think I'll be president now? And he said, you know what, son? Maybe. But he remembered that conversation. He said, you still can't be Batman. And uh, I, I, I can be Batman. And after and after Black Panther came out, I said, "Yo, pops, just to let you know. When I get enough money, I'm pulling up in the Batmobile, and I'm picking you up. Because to me, that's important as a black father to know that your son could be anything he wants to be. It's funny. My parents never said I couldn't be president, but my mom damn sure said she's like, "You're not Bat. You can't be Batman." I'm like, "I'm Batman. You can't be Batman. Like, like, but you can be I, anything you want. But, but and it's funny, but." I grew up in a golden era for black television. Honestly, we have all these black sitcoms. You had John Stewart. We, we had John Stewart. We had Static Shock. We had that's, Fillmore. That's the age difference. You got Static Shock. I, by the time that was on, I wasn't watching that channel. So, like, you just had this random black superhero who was coming back. Who's At coming the time back. of this recording, that's like a thing in the comic book world. And they're trying to make a movie out of that, too. 
and, and that's what I'm saying. So I grew up with Fillmore. I grew up with uh, Number Five. I grew up with uh, oh, oh yeah, too old. Kids Next Door Number Five was like the best. See, I grew up with Spawn. I grew up with Blade. Yeah, and I grew up exactly. You know what I mean? So like, for me. I've always wanted to create black superheroes because I saw black superheroes. So to me, when when Black Panther came out, I said, thank you, finally. I want to watch the living F out of this movie because I need this movie to do well because I need more black superheroes. So kids that didn't grow up with, the, with what I grew up with can look at themselves and say, well, why can't I be a black superhero? Why can't I create a black superhero movie? And you also, I mean? that's important. I saw some of my friends' kids, beautiful kids... Twin boys, blonde hair, blue eyed. One was, I think, Spider Man. The other was Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And that's who he wanted to be. And that's and, awesome. And when I when I walked in, he I think he's four, three or four when when that Halloween. And I and I did the Wakanda Forever cross on my chest, and he, and he got souped and did it right back. And I'm like, that's all that matters. That's exactly. like the fact that you, I was like, you wanted to be Black Panther for Halloween, and he was like, yeah. And he was like, he was like charged up, like because they're gonna grow up seeing. That movie, knowing that whole movie, and the best part about that movie, as far as the air quotes negatives of it, right? The villain is understandable. Because even if you're a kid, that was his cousin, got left behind. Spoiler if you ain't seen Black Panther, I'm talking about Killmonger. But, like, <laughs> for real, like, Killmonger is one of the most, like, no, you get where it's coming from. You get why he's Well, you know what's funny? I read a review and somebody didn't, and I said, I said, ooh, this is why white people shouldn't. Review black movies, but that's the best part. It's not a black movie. That's the that's the coolest part, and that's the thing. It's not supposed to be a black movie. That's the best part about that movie because that's the problem between both of our childhoods is that growing up, if it had an all black cast, it was immediately an air quotes black movie. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the movie was just a comedy, like like it it has like you know 30, 20 years later, you're like this just has black people in it. It's not a black movie, right? Like you know, but and again. And that's the funny thing. That's the type of movies I want to create. Like, yo, it's not a black movie. It just, it just happens to have black. I remember we watched... Uh, uh, um, oh, what's, what's that Kevin Hart movie? Um, that narrows it down. Good Lord. This is why... You watch a lot of movies, bro. Be a man. No, not be a man. Uh, think like a man. Think like a man. And, oh, that's good. And one of my roommates was watching it. He's like, wow, there's a lot of black people in this movie. I'm like, yeah. He's like, but there's like one white guy. I'm like, as opposed to what? Regular move, quote unquote, regular movies where there's only one black guy. And he was like, yeah, but it's like, this kind of like unrealistic. I said, why? I said, well, they're all, you know, like, I don't know. I was like, what? Successful? <laughs> He's like, and he was like, ah. I was like, yeah, hey, this is how I grew up. I grew up in a suburb and I saw black people with suits and ties driving nice cars as doctors, as teachers, as whatever. Um, this is how we live too. And now all of us are from the hood. And that, and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, bro. This is this is this is our experience as well. And so for me, again, when Black Panther came out, I knew how important that movie was because I'm like, see, we need more representation. We can't just have hood movies over and over and over again because that's people because people think that's all we are, dude. That's all we is. Chadwick Boseman wasn't just Black Panther. He was Jackie Robinson in Forty Two. Like that's a that I Loki I always had like a love hate relationship with Chadwick Boseman because that was another thing I wanted to say. I was like, "Yo, man, who the hell do you think you are? You you have to be all the black icons. Save, save some roles." Jackie for the Robinson, rest of us. James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and that and those three icons 
aren't even his most popular role, mm-hmm. which is crazy because and those I, aren't like bad I, movies. I've always, I've always made the joke: if they ever redid Malcolm X, you know they're gonna get him to play Malcolm X too. And I said the only reason why he didn't do Selma as Martin Luther King because he was filming Black Panther. So it's like, I think voice wise, because. Chadwick's voice wasn't his speaking voices in these movies. Yeah. And just like Malcolm X, who has a higher, not like a high pitched voice, but a higher pitched voice that people assume he had. Because a lot sometimes when you're listening to Malcolm X, I notice if you don't tell someone it's Malcolm X and they just hear what he's saying, they're like, oh, that makes sense. Who's that? And not for everything he said, but like a lot of the, you, you can't call it a, what's the line? You can't call it a quality because you pulled the knife out six inches, mm-hmm. you know, instead of nine. Mm-hmm. Like, but that, dude, it just sucks. And, and, I, and I think, for all intents and purposes, this would be a good way to round out our first pod back because we started by letting everybody know that here at Discussing Other People's Excellence, we certainly believe Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. Because we damn sure marched in the streets and let our communities know that. So we, we need to broadcast and, and, it to you. And in Discussing Other People's Excellence, Chadwick Bozeman, you, my friend, were, are, and forever will be excellent. We love you. We miss you. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything that you've done for our people, for your people, for your family. We are proud of you, my man. Rest well. F cancer. We need to find a cure. And let this hopefully shed light for all the other Chadwick Bozemans of the world. You too can make a difference. You too could be a king. Wakanda freaking forever. Wakanda forever. And this feels good to be back. We wanted to touch on the world events, just so you know, like, real life got in the way again. Kind of like last year. It's just weird. It's both three months patches. Um, But the iTunes is up. The Spotify, by the time you are listening to this, it will be up. Absolutely. We will be bringing you all the different content. Let us know what you want us to review. We think it's cool that we have Nets fans. And, and, like, and by like the this. way, by the way, let us know if you like this hog pod cuz we kind of did everything in one pod. Um if you like that, great. We can do more of that. If you want us to cut it up and do the individual ones, I guess we can do that. That's a little bit more work on Charles's part, but uh we can do that. No, it's more work on your part. You're the one uploading it to YouTube. <laughs> so, but let but let us know um do you want to do you want to do the honors and tell them listen, where they can, where I wanna, they can I wanna, find you? Listen, I blamed every, I blamed the, the hiatus on me. And while I got you here, I want to let everyone know that I 100% believe Brett is better at doing these intros and outros than I am. I hate doing the dope radios by myself. Not even by myself. Even when I do it with Asia, I just have to do the intro. I hate doing these things. So I just want to let you know, that's how I appreciate Brett. His Fugazi Steelers and, and, and Giants opinions aside, he has a great heart underneath all that terrible opinion. So, so don't go at my guy that hard. But you can find both of us at the Dope Blog on Twitter, at the Dope Blog and Podcasts on Facebook, at the, do, at the underscore Dope Blog on Instagram. I'm at not the Chuck D on all the socials. And I am at never for Brett me on all the socials. That's N E V A underscore the number four B R E double T underscore M E. Yeah, and I guess I should say not the Chuck D now because now since Meg D Stallion's out, there's two E's in that. So people <laughs> are just going to automatically associate. Not the Chuck D. Yeah, yeah I'm not the Chuck D. Doper than my last one. I'm rolling to the cash come. I'm on my cool shit. New bitch. Doper than my last one. Doper than my last one I got loud and by the bag More potent than the last one I'm in the latest fashion 
I've been cold, but my new flow doper than my last one. Doper than my last one. Doper than my last one.